Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are talk full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with a post-NFL draft edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howell. Let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? I'm chilling, man. If uh, Travis, the best damn videographer <laughs> in the podcast game, is on top of his game this week, if it looks like I'm just kind of chilling and lounging, it's Lay because back. I got the short <laughs> chair this week. So, uh, yeah. Low rider. Yeah. If I look relaxed, it's because I'm having to sit this way to make sure i can fit in the camera and not be uncomfortable literally for, laid uh, back for an entire yeah. show so yes uh, other than that matt i'm doing great uh my daughter started walking last week so wow. oh congrats. Uh, proud dad moment we had a huge Dang. milestone so i'm doing wonderful rod wow. i'll show you the video i just show you the video yet I'll oh i want to see we, that's that's when we get yeah, babies like their faces whenever they realize they're doing something like yeah that, like, starting to walk oh it's, it's the awesome. greatest thing it's in the amazing world, that man. you got it on video that was you quick yeah on the trigger. yeah like, uh, <laughs> a man who knows about old school stuff new school stuff because he is a renaissance man i know not just baby to walk. I didn't right, know that. Not I just know. at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, where you can hear him each and every day on the Rodcast for 103, but here on Longhorn Blitz, here's our lockdown corner on the show, Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American. Draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003 in the fourth round, spent his <laughs> NFL Giants. career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and here with the <laughs> handle of the Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got us up back to Austin, Texas in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. When he gets that T-ring back in, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member, a black card member of DU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. And Rod, uh, we talk about this. I know we got a lot of new listeners on the show, so thank everybody. However you listen to this show, you're getting a megaphone feed. You go to horns247.com on the drop-down menu and listen Mm -hmm. to it that way. You're an Apple Podcast guy, Google Play. However you're getting it, we just appreciate it. Wherever you get it, by the way, make sure you leave us a a review and rate us. We would greatly appreciate it. but uh, we got a lot of new listeners, and thank you guys so much for listening and downloading. Uh, we've heard Rod tell these stories before, but it's always fun to everybody that hasn't listened before. Rod, I'll walk everybody through. You were a fourth-round draft choice, as I said, back in 2003 by yep. the New York Football Giants. 123rd. Uh, 123 overall, and there's still a Giants blogger who thought the Giants should have taken Brandon Lloyd instead of Rod. He might have been right. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. He, Brandon he, Lloyd t- turned out to be a better player. There is a Giants me, blogger you know. who has rated Rod as one of the worst Giants draft picks <laughs> of the 2000s. So hey, to, you know what? Not after this. This draft, so I'm, yeah, I'm yes. gonna be bumped from the list. Blogger, thank you, Daniel you Jones. Gentlemen's <laughs> uh, <laughs> going. Uh, <laughs> we got all about Rod B in New York. Right. Thanks to Gentlemen, thank yeah, you, yeah. Gentlemen. But it is all those bad drafts. We won't trade you for hot pe- pretzels or a hot dog <laughs> or a bag of donuts. So, at any rate, Rod, uh, when you get to because correct me if I'm wrong, your day the draft was two days. It was first and third was one day, and then I think fourth through seven was the second day. Um, I believe that's yeah, how that's it was. Yeah. That, does that now sound it's right, man? Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. So you're sitting there, just kind of chilling, waiting for the phone to ring. What to you? What happened? Why? Well, I believe you're. If I remember your story right, you didn't even get the phone call. You saw it on the screen. First. I saw it on the screen first. It happens for a lot of guys because I mean, it may be like a simultaneous thing, or uh, you know, somebody else may be calling you at the time and they're putting the picks in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I saw it on the screen. I was basically sitting at home, and I expected my day, to, my name to be called the second day. I mean, a very, I didn't get a lot of uh, advice that said I was going to be taken in the first two rounds of the draft. It was third and later it's pretty much all the uh the counsel that i got and all the predictions that i got so you know i knew it was going to be called probably that second day so i'm just sitting around and the worst part about the draft is sitting around watching i always recommend do not sit around and watch the draft if you're expecting to be drafted like it's it really is torture for you it's just you mentally know I mean? mentally it is and i know some guys like i like it because it's a chip on my shoulder seeing all the teams that passed mm-hmm. me up to me it, it was not good it was not like it was not soup for the soul you know what i mean it just could put you put me mentally in a bad place so i didn't like it i want to enjoy 
the uh, the experience of my dreams coming true. And I don't think I really enjoyed it like I was supposed to. Because every was, 15 minutes, you're just on a yeah, new waiting. Just and sitting then there. You ever see the draft parties of the guys who get drafted really late and they have the draft party and everybody around them is going crazy. And they're just kind of sitting there in this emotional, yeah. like just, just, you know, exhausted. Stewing. Yeah, they're just, yeah, exactly. They just don't really know how to even process I it. I can speak from experience because I was at Deontay Foreman's draft party a couple yeah. of years ago. And especially because his prediction, it, we've talked about this with these Texas drafts. And the running kinda, backs, They've kind of yeah. been all over the place where, man, you can go anywhere from the second to the fifth. It's Amenu. like, well, okay, yeah, Charles Amenu, prime Amenu. example. But especially at Deontay's where you're watching, yeah. you know, especially you had that run on running backs in the third round. It's yeah, like Alvin could. Kamara comes off the board. Yeah. Kareem Hunt comes off the board. It's like there's this run on backs. And you're like, man, you start looking at needs. It's like, well, who needs a running back? And I remember myself and uh, Deontay's dad, Derek, we're sitting. There's a couple TVs in a couple different rooms. And then all of a sudden, Deontay's phone rings and like some everybody starts screaming, it's a Houston number. It's a Houston number. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two eight one. Yeah. And you know what? And, and, and then it's like everybody shut up. Everybody. everybody shut up. Yeah. So and for me, yeah, I was I was actually in the room by myself um, when I got the call. Like I was in my room at home, and I think my dad was downstairs and my mom was downstairs. And my dad started yelling at me because he saw it on the screen. Oh yeah. Then I got the phone call, <laughs> yeah. and then that's when everybody went crazy. Because like you, your hopes have been up yeah. this whole time, and then you're waiting yeah. these fifteen minutes, and then it's like you finally have to go to the bathroom or something yeah. and then somebody no, gets the just, call uh, it, was, yeah, it was a surreal weird experience I just wouldn't recommend watching it I mean yeah pay attention to it don't just you know I mean ignore it yeah. but I wouldn't sit there and obsess about it man you're gonna if you're gonna get drafted and you know you're gonna get drafted not for guys who go undrafted that's just and you're like on the cut like a Gary Johnson then that it's just heartbreaking yeah. like Gary Johnson watching drafts because he's got dra- he's got a draftable grade I'm sure by at least half the teams out there but it was gonna be a late pick anyway so for him watching it it is a heart-wrenching kind of thing to go mm-hmm. through I knew I was gonna be drafted for guys who are in my position i would recommend pay it like you know what i mean just make sure that you are informed about the draft but man you know what i mean hang out with your friends and your family and those who have been you know supporting you throughout yeah. this this entire adventure and enjoy their time and enjoy the fact that your dream is now about to come true and just start thinking about all right now how do i you know make this dream a, per, a profession how do i make it a career for myself and you know what i mean like yeah, yeah I, I got i think i got in a bad headspace about it and i think that's you know don't watch the draft like oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you who yeah. took your advice or who took your before you gave it out took your advice Chris Boyd Chris Boyd was a guy that knew he was going to get picked somewhere get picked somewhere uh, and this is when he got the call from the Vikings when he went in the seventh round I was in the backyard throwing the football and all of a sudden I got a phone call and I looked and it said Minnesota I just said I'm about to get drafted I said it so nonchalant that my friends were laughing asking why I said it like that there you go I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I'm about to get drafted hanging out with his friends throwing the ball like that's what I would recommend if I could do it all over again I'd go do something simple man like me and my boys would go maybe we'd go bowling or something and have the draft on you know what i mean like I, I you know what i mean like it would be something else instead of just the whole experience revolves around us watching the draft and where i'm gonna get drafted because in the end it wasn't totally about me like it was it was in moms and pops was in on that and big bro was in on mm-hmm. that and best friends like you know that was part of a and, and, and sims and c red and my teammates like that was an experience for everybody to share so yeah I, I didn't like i didn't like my draft day experience so i'd recommend for the guys you know do it a little bit differently well rod no matter where you get drafted to hear your name called you're always a part of it's history a blessing. and blessing, two texas guys are now a part of this 2019 draft for congrats. forever and ever congrats fellas and you're the resident houston texans expert charles man who's like horn. he's family man now so, like twice and this is Super. really weird and i didn't ask charles or hear him i don't know if he went to when houston had their area workout mm-hmm. for area guys go i don't know if he went but if he did that would be weird because that's kind of how deontay foreman got drafted a few years ago he just showed up at the local kind of area workout and worked out and they decided to go ahead and take him and Rod, I, I guess we talked about this. There's a couple of different ways to look, look at. There's a couple of different ways to look at it. I know you can get into the Texans D line situation because there's a lot of buzz that they might just be content to let Jadavion Clowney walk after mm-hmm. this year. Um, so just kind of restocking the cupboard, just bodies along the defensive line trying to find something. But I think at that point, if you're the Texans, and I know because I'm a Cowboys fan, found the Cowboys are at the Cowboys did this with a couple of their picks. Yeah, they like that. If you get into the fifth round, and I don't know where the Texans had Charles Amena who graded, but if you've got a third or fourth round grade on a guy and you're picking in the fifth round hell at that point you might just say let's just trust the board and take the best guy available um, and i don't know if he was that guy for the texans or if it was partially yeah me in the fifth what. round he might have been yeah like in the fifth round because it listen if it is not for the deepest d-line draft in the history of the nfl arguably this past year charles Minnow was probably a third round pick and maybe even sneaks into the second round somewhere probably you know, i think TCU third, third round safe yeah yes yeah, lj Conner went round. the first that's what i'm saying yeah. like, it can happen teams just fall in love with a guy especially if he's a free he looks like a freaking Charles Minho 
looks like a freak. You know what I mean? He's got long arms and he's long and range. Reminds me of Simeon Rice. And he did work out for the Texans privately okay. before the draft. So I don't know if he went to like the the, the regional workout. They Probably had not. I mean, Deontay was down the street, so it yeah. was just kind of like. And so, I think Armani was in the same yeah. workout. And trust so. me, who like grew up in the Dallas area, but he was born in Houston. Is that yeah. is that what I heard? Something, and then went yeah, to Dallas. Yeah. It's not, okay. So yeah. All right. So I, I knew I heard something like that. That he he at least had like family there or something like that. So yeah, I think e. that's a, it's a that. great value pick for the Texans. It, I, the Texans obviously are not sure if they want to marry Jadavion Clowney. If not, if, if they were sure about that, they'd have worked out a contract already because they know the parameters of that deal. Demarcus Lawrence has got his deal done. Uh, you just saw Frank Edwards sign a deal. Frank Clark, yeah. uh, Frank Clark sorry. Frank Clark signed a deal. Uh, you saw Trey Flowers sign a deal. So all those defensive ends, those pass rushers, we know where Jadavion Clowney is going to be slotted. He's not going to get paid more than Demarcus Lawrence. So I, think, I mean, I didn't think Frank Clark was going to get paid more than Demarcus Lawrence, but at least the, it's an, to it's your an, point, the market is set for Jadavion Exactly. Clowney. So they don't really, they don't want to make that deal with him right now, so they'd rather franchise him. He's upset about that. He won't sign the franchise tender, and he's threatening not to even play, take the Le'Veon Bell route potentially if they franchise him. So maybe mm-hmm. that marriage is over. Yeah, they There's some people saying they should trade Frank him. Clark, well, yeah. and that's what I've heard. They said they're that, open to trading. I mean, they what a report is that they're open to trading. And then that there were multiple teams also interested, obviously, yeah. in him, that if some team had the hey, cap man, space for the sign-and trade the same way Frank Clark did, whenever yeah. Amina, who ended up there, I was like, oh, that's definitely what they're, at least had that option. And if some team wants to do it, they do it this year while he's still cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, they, they maybe they can get him for and one year and him. then sign him to a, another Just deal. Just like what Clark did. Yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So, I think that Clark deal was on top of the deal that he has this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. I think the Texans may end up moving on from Jadeveon Clowney, but only if they really like, you know, maybe the way Charles Amin is working out. They still got Whitney Merciless, too. I mean, they got mm-hmm. they got multiple pass rushers. They got J.J. Watt, of course. Then they got Whitney Merciless. Then they got Clowney. They've drafted on that defensive line. They got Benardrick McKinney on that defensive front, I should say. They drafted Benardrick McKinney in the linebacker spot, Zach Cunningham. So they're they're loaded on the front seven. They I'm not going to say they can afford to lose Clowney. You need two bookend pass rushers. Look what the Cowboys did in getting Robert Quinn. You need somebody to compliment that that war daddy you have. But you can go draft that guy. Hell, they probably should have, you know, this year they probably should try to trade Jadeveon in this, like, draft and try to get draft picks so you can draft year. his replacement in this really deep D-line draft. Oh, okay. And that's so what I heard. That's probably what you should have tried to get another first-round pick with Jadeveon, like Kansas When I heard it, they were doing you know, that. Like, like Seattle did. And I did yeah. hear that Clowney was one on day two. People were like asking what would be the big name if there was going to be a trade. And they said, don't rule out Jadeveon Clowney being moved. But that's the furthest you ever heard of it is yeah. people just speculating that this would be a good move if they are at this point yeah. in their career because why not try to get something back for them if you're either hitting that tipping point of his last year or an upset version of him. Either way, that means he wouldn't be there for the next. Yeah, but just like uh, it, it, you know, it, it, it pushes Charles Amenahu's draft value down. It depresses the D-line free market value. And the Kong Sue's still out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Muhammad Wilkerson's still out there. I mean, there are a lot of really yeah. good defensive uh, ends out there that people are just kind of looking over because this draft was so loaded. You know what I mean? So, Rob, let me ask you this with Charles Amenahu. We talked about maybe his NFL rookie year is the redshirt year he didn't get at Texas, oh, where yeah, you can maybe stash him away a little. I mean, he'll make the 53. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's not a guy that's active on the 46 every Sunday. So maybe he's a guy that's just, okay, let's let him get in the weight room, just get big, learn our system, and then yeah. year two, maybe he's ready to take off. Is Houston, from what you're saying, and you know the Texans oh, yeah. D-line depth that. more than I do, is that a good spot they, for him to do that? Yeah, they have that luxury. They do. They have so many. They're so deep there on the defensive front that they have the luxury of just having a project. And, and, and that's what he can become for them, literally a project. Mm-hmm. And they love the fact that you know he's versatile, showed that at Texas. You know, he can play, uh, you know, that if you need him to play a 3-4 DN and you can stand him up, he can put his hand in the dirt. I mean, he's so versatile. That's what the Texans want. That's how they move Jadeveon Clowney around a lot. Not saying they're going to make him Jadeveon. They can't do that because Jadeveon is a physical freak of nature. But Charles Minho has got his own phys- physical freakish. And I think the Texans with Romeo Cornell, he knows how to use really, really uh, unique players like guy like Charles Amenahu. So I, I think he's in the perfect spot. Perfect spot for Charles Amenahu, man. No doubt. He's going to kill it there. Okay, so yeah. let's we talked about Chris Board a little bit ago. Let's talk about Chris Board in terms of his chances to make the Vikings roster. And Rod, the Minnesota Vikings, they love them some Texas DBs. Jerry yeah, Gray do. is the DBs coach there. Mm-hmm. They signed Duke <laughs> Thomas after his run in the AAF. We saw what Holton Hill did last year. And keep this in mind, Holton Hill suspended for the first four games P-E-D's. of the 19th season. Yeah. It was, it, I thought I it was going to be substance abuse. PED. Which is a little, yeah, it's a little different. 
compared to what we thought. If but if he isn't in, in the trouble. other system, that actually might be okay. I get you're right. Maybe they're like he didn't make the same mistake. <laughs> Different mistakes. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, but we know the Vikings. You know, Mike Zimmer, Jerry Gray. They, they, love, they love Texas DBs. Yeah, well, Zimmer likes D. Zimmer knows how to yeah. use DBs anyway. That's a good place to be. And of course, Jerry Gray it goes without saying. And you know, we know mm. the Vikings look with with Harris Smith that they've got some veterans safeties and I know they drafted Chris Boyd as a corner but Rod you've talked about uh, and I think yeah. that's probably the path Chris Boyd to have a sustained career in the league is to make that conversion to safety again it seems like a deal where you know maybe he makes your 53 it's different for a defensive back because he can be a core special teams guy we know Chris Boyd with the yeah. size speed ratio could cover be a kicks gunner. be a gunner whatever yeah, exactly hold up guy on the gun to kick off so and honestly Chris Boyd would be based on service time would be cheaper than even a guy like Duke Thomas a veteran fighting to make the roster this is true so maybe Chris Boyd's NFL dream is at the expense of Duke Thomas's continuing. We'll see how that plays out in camp. But Rod, do you like this pick for the Vikings to take Chris? Yeah, it's a good pick for him. And if you want to go so- go somewhere where it's possible you could be an experiment, where they're trying to turn you into something, and say they are looking at him to be, you know, those big in that big nickel packages that they play now in the NFL that are so popular, where they play three safety, but they're they're non traditional safety. That's what uh, Quandre Diggs does with you know the with with the Lions. Matt Patricia plays a lot of big nickel and he wants to utilize three different safeties but those guys have to be able to cover that's the key <laughs> all right especially in a league that is spreading guys out and using mismatches especially in the slot and that you know Chris Boyd as a safety you know he can he can cover probably as good as most safeties you know what I mean and now as a corner his coverage skills are a bit of a can be a liability at times especially when you're talking about playing with your back to the football so I want to know how they're going to use him I mean and he could be a guy that just kind of manufactures depth for you maybe he's a guy that ends up playing a lot of different spots for you and that's also something that NFL teams love. That's how they fall in love with guys who can manufacture depth, add value to the roster. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, we'll see what um, they use Chris Boyce for. We don't really know. If they put him at corner, I think he he has um, a he has less of a chance to make that roster at corner. He has more of a chance to make the roster if they decide, all right, we're going to do more with him than Jim just be a cover corner. All right, we're going to use him in different ways because he is a really good football player. Right. I mean, that's why he's good at coming down against the run. He's really aggressive against the run. Even his bump and run at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. he's actually pretty good in bump and run well, technique. Xavier Rhodes is a really good bump and run guy, and yeah. like, you can see those same type of skills exactly. as, as a tool to back that guy up and see what he turns into. Yeah, and they play a lot of that, too, in Minnesota. So, you know, and he, you know, Minnesota's got great safety play. Uh, yeah, so yeah, exactly. So their corners can be, you know, opportunistic. So, I, yeah, I'm, I just want to know how they're going to use him. His chances of making that squad, as anybody's chances of making a squad, are better the more he can do. Yeah, I he like that he stuff. landed there. And whenever uh, <laughs> I just Googled, because I didn't know about Holton Hill, and I just wanted to see, you know, what the story was on him. But the, this next sentence, so after Holton Hill being suspended for performance enhancing drug p- policy, he said the Vikings had two players each p- pinned with the suspension last year. Linebacker Kentrell Brothers and wide receiver Caleb Jones. Oh! <laughs> Caleb so Jones. the Vikings back to back Longhorn PEDs, Caleb Jones and Holton Hill in back to back seasons. Son of a he, he, Caleb Jones. I was forgot Texas. about that guy. Caleb Jones was in Texas for one year. We were really well, I know. It just, I mean, Texas fans, Texas fans it, 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 it made me laugh. Well, he's an, he's an Austinite, too. Yeah, Austin High. Austin High. Yeah. yeah. And his brother Zay Jones was in East Carolina and with the. Is he still Bills? with Buffalo? Yeah, he's, he actually put up some good numbers with stuff. He had the deal was the last offseason, yeah. yeah. But then, well, that was because Caleb was going to jump out a window. No, no, no. That was that was Zay's. Yeah, I think that was Zay. Okay. Yeah. Either way, that one uh, he actually Caleb was there. He was there. He produced very well uh, with Buffalo by the end of the bottom in some daily fantasy. There you go. So Rod, I mean, I guess uh, it's safe to say Charles Man, who's going to be on the fifth three for Houston in some way, shape, or yeah. No guarantee that Chris Boyd's going to make. They, they, I mean, they got talented DBs. Houghton Hill made as an undrafted free agent, though. He's a priority. Free age, undrafted right. free agent, but you know, so it's a, there's a chance, and you know what? And if he doesn't, I think they would put him on practice. So I think worst case scenario for Chris Boyd, they put him on practice squad because right. he is a guy that's kind of a raw athlete, and you know, one year, I mean, one off season or training camp at corner, they're not going to be able to see enough. He's not going to get enough reps right. for them to get a really, really thorough evaluation. Of him. But so again, on practice squad. I, I just look at this Texas draft class, <laughs> especially those guys that were true seniors that were in that 2000, that 2015 recruiting class: Chris Boyd, Charles Menehu, PJ Locke, even Brecken Hager. 
guys played really before they should have. Uh, you know, well, Charlie they, had to. Yeah, exactly. They after were playing the purge, out of necessity. And after that's, the purge and everything, that's the roster the, was depleted. That's the difference we talk about now with Tom Herman yeah. and, and Charlie Strong. Tom Herman's now playing freshman because, okay, this guy's just better than everybody else Kate we got. Kate just that damn good. Right. Deontay Ingram's that good. Uh, <laughs> and, and Vance Bedford even said, you know, they wanted a redshirt Charles Amenahu, but they didn't have anybody else D-line-wise that could do what they wanted, so they that's, had to play him. That's a great point. I mean, and we've talked about this uh, on the show plenty of times, so we don't want to talk too much of Charlie, but Charlie played more freshmen than any other coach in the history of Texas. Mm. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, and I know it was like, well, when you think post about chart, it. Post-Mac. Well, not even post-Mac. He played way more than Mac. I mean, he set the record. No, I'm saying post-Mac. I mean, he, oh, his guys, he's playing his, yes. his freshmen. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But he just play, he had to after, the, after you know, Mac, he's cleaning up the, the, the you know program and then the purge where he, I don't know, what, what does it mean? 14 players or something end up being dismissed? I, I like to forget. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> but either way, those, it wasn't just those 14 players. But as we all know, they were vet. There were a lot of those guys were like veterans. They were older guys. Now they weren't all marquee guys that were starters, but they were going to be that, as you call, that talented depth on your roster. You know what you I mean? Start taking away uh, Joe Bergeron, a Leroy Scott, yeah, uh, Jalen Over. And what people don't understand is that's also the competition within the position. You know what I mean? Like those guys who have been, they, they create the competition. You need the, that's how the young guys get better. Right. You know what I mean? That's how Caden Stearns is going to get better. That's how Keontae Ingram's going to get better. I need somebody over here, a vet, to challenge him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and bring out the best in that youngster and all that plays a a role and it's it unfortunately for Charlie man it, it came back to haunt him but it ended up helping Tom Herman because all right. those really really young guys had a ton of reps and a ton of experience by the time Tom Herman came along in 2017 especially on the defensive side of the yeah, ball because I mean, that's what Charlie knew yeah we could get into this maybe this summer when we I know we get time, but into it. It, to yeah. me the fundamental difference between Charlie Strong and Tom Herman is Tom Herman's been proactive in terms of okay here's what my roster is going to look like where do I need to plug holes with a Juco guy Go get a grad transfer right now. Yeah, something. Yeah, and, and yeah. be proactive and go get that guy. So maybe you're not getting a, a priority target, but maybe you're getting you know somebody else. Or it's looking, it's having the 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 foresight to say, okay, we know in this recruiting class, I need two guys that can be versatile enough to play running back or yeah, or I need you know I need a a safety corner. I need a guy who can be a, a three technique or a four. I like I need that. You need to recruit some versatility. Tom totally Herman's been much more forward thinking in terms of how he's building his roster. Yeah, where it seemed like Charlie Strong was like, hell, just bring in talent just bring just bring in these players and, and look this is the other thing i was going to talk about with this draft class rod you look at where some of these guys were ranked and, and the fact that so who was drafted who were priority free agents you the one thing you can give charlie strong they did a hell of a job evaluating prospects especially on the defensive side of the ball uh I, well i think the defense side of the ball is key what what ended up hurting charlie strong is that and this goes back to tom herman and his vision that you you talked about um you know offensively you know two years ago we're talking about what a dumpster fire the office is and the offensive identity crisis exists at every position, especially quarterback, and now that doesn't exist on the 40 acres anymore. Right. He came in with a plan to fix that off. I mean, it wasn't, you could tell, uh, you could almost detail it and go make a timeline how he came in and literally addressed every position and, and seemed to be continuously upgrading it. And on defense for Charlie, I think his his um you know his his mentality of just bring in talent, we're going to bring in talent, it materialized on defense because that's what he know, knows defense really well. But, but you but, also talk too, defense is where, that's where you need players. You need talent. Exactly. You can't, there's no scheme that's going to uplift your play and make you a better defense. It just it doesn't exist really. I'm sorry. Like for the most part, if you're a good defense, you got talent on that defense. That's what's going on. Offensively, hell, man, you can have no NFL prospects on an offense and have the best offense in college football. It's, it's happened before here in yep. the Big Twelve. All right, so I think for for Charlie, when the when the Big Twelve started, you know, throwing them haymakers at him, mm-hmm. when all these great offense, I mean, he was in there with Browns and think about how good that offense was in the Big Twelve when Charlie had to reinvent the program and go up against it. It was the air. It was the air raid offense. Lincoln Riley comes into the league. Lincoln Riley comes into the league. I mean, you got Dana Hogerson over there. Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> he's a scrub at yep. Texas Tech. You know what I mean? Like what? I mean, Charlie couldn't handle it. And no matter how much talent he put on that defense, dude, it wasn't. You couldn't do anything. About it. And 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 even Tart Orlando with all that NFL talent he had on that defense, we saw him take a couple, a couple of haymakers. Yeah. And he's a he's one of the best defensive minds in the country. So it is the conference to a certain extent. You got to fix that offense. And Charlie didn't prioritize that. Playing great defense. It only gets you so far. Exactly. That's Gary Patterson in the Big 12. Gary Patterson, he acquiesced. That's one point he was like, all right, well, hell, I, I'm a great defensive mind, but I got to go hire me an air raid guy. We got to score. We got to score some points. <laughs> I'm losing games. And we're, you know what I mean? I'm, hold, be great I'm, holding defense. To, I'm, hold, I'm holding guys to like, you know, 28 points and we're losing games. Oh, we got to score points. So I think Charlie didn't recognize that quickly enough. Right. Tom Herman's like, oh, yeah. Well, but he's an offensive guy, so it helps him. But he, he's got his he's got his soulmate, his, his counterpart in Todd 
Orlando. But if you look at and Charlie, never had that as an offensive guy. No, never. Right. You start looking at defensive personnel, though, Rod, and you start looking at how many of those guys in the 2015 class were kind of like value three star guys of Charles Menehu, PJ Locke, Brecken Hager, and to develop those guys to where some of them are draft picks, some of them are priority free agents. I don't know that you, I don't know that Texas, especially Tom Herman, since those guys got their last two years with this regime, I don't know that they're getting enough credit for how you've gotten the absolute most. Like, I think you can say they probably got the most they could out of Brecken Hager. Yeah. They yeah. got the most they could out of PJ Locke. Yeah. They ended up getting the most out of Charles Amenhu. You can look on this defense in 2019 and say, you're probably going to end up getting the most out of Malcolm Roach. Gary Johnson, they got the most out of a guy like Gary Johnson. They got Malik Jefferson and Deshaun Elliott to leave Texas having played their best football. Yeah, every, every, well, that's one of the trends for Todd Orlando. If you go back and look under Todd Orlando, mo- and he's, and it's easy to track because he's only had, you know, two year stops at every place other than UConn going back to 2010. Every play, I'm, I'm not joking up, it's, I would say close to, 80 to 90% of the players who ended up getting drafted or becoming free agents in the league had their best years under Todd Orlando. Yeah, and I'm their not schools it, had their best production yeah. ever. UConn did stuff on with their yeah. defensive players they had never, never done been before. Done. Yeah. Exactly. Go, at, go look at U of H. Go look at the mm-hmm. Utah State. The high-level guys, the guys who actually have an NFL ceiling or can be an NFL prospect, had their best years on Orlando. And that even is for the, you know, the guys at U of H when he leaves and they have great years as sophomores, they're not as good mm-hmm. after he leaves uh, in a new Last, yeah. yeah, it's it's really, really interesting. I mean, I'll probably go track it over the offseason when I really when I get bored. But I started that that research and it's true. And it, here it we you can see it real time. Like, no, they all those guys had their best years under Orlando. We watch yeah. these guys. Holden Hill, if he doesn't end up getting, you know, suspended, yeah. Holden Hill's probably a first team all American corner. <laughs> he was on that kind of pace. He was a second, second, third round talent easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was I'm talking about like should have been drafted. Yeah, no doubt. But he, you know, obviously things happen. You know, Malik Jefferson, I remember the questions about him, but Orlando was able to get the best out of him. You know, Puna Ford ended up become a force of nature. Yeah, I mean, all these guys. And we had seen them grow up and play before, but Todd Orlando weaponizes players. And he did it with Brecken Hager for a while. And um, PJ Locke, I think, is another guy, too. So I agree with you. And once he left Houston, I mean, I was sort of surprised only because I never paid attention to the criticism around Houston's program post Herman. But then hearing the NFL people talk about what they were doing with Ed Oliver in that defense the last two years compared to what he was with that baseline right at the first beginning of his career at Houston, I was surprised to hear how bad, I guess, it had gotten there post-Orlando. Yeah, but I'm just going back and look at the 2015 recruiting class. You look at the 24-7 sports composite rankings and where some of these guys rank. Three-star prospect, number 426 overall in the country, that was Connor Williams. Number 430 overall, three-star prospect, that was Charles Amenahu. Three of your five lowest rated qualifying signees in that 2015 class, P.J. Locke, Brecken Hager, Michael Dixon. That's what we've been asking for for a decade. If you can go and get those two stars and three stars and four yeah. stars to produce at that level of a college contributor or NFL starter, then you have your big. You aren't going to miss on those five stars, and that's what we saw when we talked about those bust rates and those great classes yeah. from O two to O five, and what was the difference makers, and it was maximizing the low end guys because those top end guys, and not everybody's going to be wrong on them. I'm glad you mentioned bust rate, Matt, because I need to because as you know, you're going to update w- your well, notebook. Yeah, you're, I'm zip- gonna- you're unzipping stuff right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Well, I'm gonna have to update it because you know we've got pretty much. Uh, oh yeah. The yeah. only guys that are gonna be on this roster uh, in 2019 from the 2015 class still have eligibility are John Burton, Kirk Johnson, and. I don't think it's pretty safe to say we would be surprised if either one of those guys got drafted. I mean, they would have yeah. to have surprisingly yeah. monster years. Agreed. At least but you've had one contributor. This this 2015 class, it, it produced six draft picks. Yeah. And I got to go back and find the last Texas class. Excuse me, everybody watching or listening to this. I got to go back and find the last time a Texas class produced that many draft picks. Uh, you're looking at... It means a ways back yeah, if you're but continuing to flip pages. All of those, uh, but what is it? If it's was it you said six six yeah. draft picks from one recruiting from one class. recruiting class, but what five of those are on defense, right? Yeah, of four on defense and one special team. Well, you four defense, one specialist, one offense. Yeah, so, but at least six I mean, is getting to I a think, good number. I think you could be dealing with an aberration too when this Charlie Strong and mm-hmm. like we just it's talked about, freshman. he's just really good at evaluating talent, and all those guys played early, so they mm-hmm. had a chance to put a lot of film out there, a ton of film. Think about how much film those guys put out there. Name those guys again: Connor Williams, True. 
freshman starting. Mm-hmm. Malik Jefferson, true freshman starting. Deshaun Elliott. Deshaun, Deshaun Elliott's the only one that that group that really did. Yeah, you're right. Deshaun Elliott took a little while. He got he some. I think he was a like big two time games recruit. that year or something. Mm-hmm. Michael, Michael Dixon. Michael Dixon. <laughs> punter. Charles Amenahu. Holden Hill wasn't in that. No, because Holden Hill wasn't drafted. He wasn't drafted, but he's in that yeah. class. Oh, see, yeah. that's where it's yeah. a very, very yeah. good and that's class. That's when the, the free agent. Well, obviously, and we that's where like Texas's lack of success is an issue. I mean, go look at this class. This class of undrafted free agents, though. I'm not joking. Very good. It's got a chance to rival that 2014 class of oh, undrafted yeah. free agents. Gary you look at Johnson, now, Calvin Gary Anderson. Johnson going to the Chiefs, Lil Jordan Humphrey to the Saints, Andrew Beck and Calvin Anderson to the Patriots, Chris Nelson to the Steelers, Patrick Vahey to the Ravens, Devontae Davis to the Seahawks, Anthony Wheeler to go. the Cardinals, uh, Brecken Hager to the Giants, Elijah Rodriguez to the Saints too, right. and P.J. Locke to the Steelers. Man, that's a lot of opportunity. What is yeah. that? And look at those roots, guys? though, And man. there's only, it, I believe, Rodriguez, Vahey, and Wheeler. I believe those are the only 11. three. I believe those are the only three that are like rook camp tryout deals. Everybody else got legitimate like a priority free agent, agent contract. And yeah. this was one when yeah. I saw this list. So of only the offensive linemen didn't get. Oh, uh, would that have been well the two linemen and Wheeler? Yeah, two linemen and Wheeler. Okay. But like yeah. when you saw these names starting to feed out, it almost fit like say what would be a script. It was like okay, where does Gary Johnson go? Oh, the place where the organization that drafted DJ. Where does Chris Nelson go? Oh, he goes to play organization that drafted Casey. Uh, Hampton, you look at uh, the Patriots. Well, what would they need? Oh, a good, smart Rice left tackle or a guy that's, say, a good hybrid, you know, blocking, tight end, pass catching threat. That's Andrew Beck. And then even Devontae Davis. Oh, well, what were we saying? He was the yeah. next mold of his. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you just look across the board, it almost fits like exactly where you would have thought. And then, of course, little Jordan going to the Saints and where he could be just a perfect piece for Breeze to have a target, one of those big, rangy guys that we talk about that are those pass-catching hybrid wide receiver tight ends. The last recruiting class Texas had, this is just kind of weird to show you kind of what the anomaly is in this decade, this 2015 class is. Yeah. You know the last class Texas had before this that produced six draft picks? At least six? How many? How, how about the back? 2005 recruiting class? And that's what Colt McCoy, circle. Roy Miller, Henry Melton, Roderick McElroy, Jamal Charles, Jermichael Finley. And we're, yeah. Well, look how much more about, about, to your point, Rod, how much balance you got in that class. That's exactly. quarterback, D-line, running back, tight end, linebacker, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think, yeah, that was Texas still in their in their heyday. Well, not in the, in the prime of their heyday, actually. So yeah, I, I wonder if this that is, was pound for pound, Mac Brown's best. And that was the class, class yeah. though we talked in about him. Of, yeah, in terms of bust rate and NFL maximizing low yes. end recruits, no and that's yes. sort of where at least it's and that was sort a small of, recruiting class was it not? Yeah. Fifteen signees yeah, and small. only and your bust rate was only twenty percent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a small. So you had to hit on them too. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't like you could you just got in a lot of them right. and it was no you had you had to get into the quality of that. And I mean, look, you talk class. about Colt, Colt McCoy, Roy Miller, like Dang. I said, Roderick Muckleroy, Lamar Jamal Houston. Charles. You're talking about that's guys a, that played a long time in the NFL. They were exactly. captains or they were All-Americans. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that's so I, I'm not saying Charlie's class is, you know, uh, man, that's that's not, it's it's something that's not real. It's a Fugazi, a Fugazi. But I do wonder if it's an aberration because it's so lopsided defensively in the Big 12, which is a offensive-oriented league. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, At least it's, a, it's, it's good, but it's it not good, where you want it's weird. to. It is good, but it's weird. The NFL doesn't even respect the uh, defense in the Big Twelve. They literally don't respect it, right. except like, for I'm, Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, no, the, they the respect talent. certain coaches. That's why Gary Patterson, I think, can get a defensive player drafted that mm-hmm. nobody expects in the first round. And the Big Twelve had any other defensive players drafted in the first round? Oh uh, no, no, right? No, Kyler Murray was Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown, okay. uh, and I believe L.J. Collier were the three. Okay, yeah. so um, it speaks yeah. volumes to so Texas I think that was just to Gary get Patterson. Players. I think it's a respect for One, him, and that's where it speaks volumes, though, also to Texas that if inside that type of a culture, you still are viewed as a place where the NFL is going to go and get talent. So that's sort of a good oh, yeah, thing to no have. Doubt. Oh, the Big 12 has talent. I mean, that's why I, go, I, I've, if I track the on undrafted defense, free though. agents on defense in the NFL. No. Yeah, value. Yeah, the NFL. I bet they have a lot of undrafted no. free Holton agents. Hills. Big 12 does. In, in, on defense yeah. in the NFL, but they just didn't be like, they didn't feel like they were draftable because that's yeah. about value and they don't see the NFL. The NFL doesn't see Big 12 defense as having value. It's de- delegitimized. Yeah, I know Oklahoma State's had some guys over the years. Yeah. It's like Texas. This is the only Big 12 defensive lineman of the year last year was undrafted, people. Beautiful <laughs> <laughs> went on. He's the defensive lineman of the year in the yeah. conference. Undrafted. And he dominated once and, he and got the in guy there. This year was fifth round pick. All right. Like, they don't really respect defense in the Big 12. They, they love Puna up in Seattle. They, they call, love Puna. They, he has his own fan base, the Puna Hive. And does he really? Yes. I believe that. <laughs> All right, guys. It's time for our first break on the show. So let's take one. And on the other side, we'll keep the conversation going with more talk about Texas and the NFL draft. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24 7.com. 
Mother's Day is next Sunday, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. One dozen assorted roses for mom for $19.99. And as a special bonus, double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone, and enter the secret code 6262. With fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, Pro Flowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from Pro Flowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When you're always on the go, what would you prefer? An office phone system? Hey, it's Rochelle. Sorry I missed you earlier. Had an errand to run, but I'm back in the office, so give me a call when you get this. Or one that works on your cell phone. No hardware needed, courtesy of Grasshopper. Oh, one sec. It's a business call. Hi, this is Rochelle with WayForward Partners. How can I help? There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. Imagine a mouthwash that whitens your teeth in just four days. Your party's this weekend. I'm so excited. New Act Whitening Mouthwash. Imagine strengthening your enamel. I'll take one of those brownies with extra pecans, please. Imagine safely removing stains every day. Coffee, ladies. I'll have an espresso. Imagine having a brighter, whiter smile in four days. New Act Whitening. Party time. I'm ready. Stop imagining. Start acting. Use as directed. Hi, I'm Paul. I know what you're thinking. Oh, great. Another wireless ad. I know how you feel. And it seems like they're always full of this complicated, tricky language about their networks and offers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Sprint is going to do things differently and let you decide for yourself with their new 100% total satisfaction guarantee. Try it for 30 days, love it, or your money back. See? Simple. Now get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 a month per line for five lines. So switch now. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1 today. 30-day guarantee with new line of service. iPhone XR, 64 gigabyte, $15 a month after $16.25 a month credit for 18 months credit applied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after six thirty twenty, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Day-to-day -day prioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Speed maximums, use rules, $30 activation fee, and restrictions apply. I can't believe it. That Philip brought his little brother on our mission into orbit? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? No, 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 don't touch no. that! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Rod, you know, this just kind of goes back to where the program is, and I know you know a lot of people had fun kind of poking the bear at Texas over the weekend. Like, oh, Texas yeah, only yeah. had two guys drafted, blah, blah. Well, either you're just lazy and didn't do your homework, or you're just content to try to poke the bear and come up with the hot take. Yeah, try there's to get, a reason try for it. There's over. a reason, yeah. But when you yeah, start nice. looking at the undrafted free agents that Texas has put out in recent years, Rod, you've talked about yeah. it, I've talked about it. I mean, Texas has kind of become a gold mine. I mean, you start going down the list. No school in the country. And that's, this is like I'm not gonna brag about this, but no, it's not a, me bragging. No school in the country is producing undrafted free agents at the rate that Texas is right <laughs> now. That are making roster, and that is because we're one of the only blue bloods who is failing to develop our high end talent. Yes, right. <laughs> hence uh, that report or whatever Chris yes. Summer did with oh, those numbers last week. Two four seven. Sports yeah, we talked about it last 2010, week. 2010, 2014. Texas yeah, only the, the developed 10 percent of their four and five star players into being drafted of their top two four seven guys. Yeah, Thir 38. And it's the it's, that's the worst, by the way, of all the blue bloods, yeah. and probably the worst of all the power fives. Power fives that of get the em. twenty of the twenty nine ranked Texas was twenty nine. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the worst blue blood in terms of producing their, uh, gen- maximizing their NFL talent. Hence three coaches in five years. And there's a there different way to look. There, there's there's two sides to that, though. Uh, you can it look is. at draft picks, uh, but I also look at guys like, like I just mentioned, with a Charles Amenahu, uh with a guy like Connor Williams, who was a valued three-star mm-hmm. guy. This program actually has done a really good job, even during the Charlie Strong era, of getting the most out of guys that you probably on signing day, you're like, okay, maybe he's a starter or whatever. In Connor Williams' case, it was, I knew we just underranked him him and probably should have ranked him higher than we yeah. did but it's taking these guys that on, on a national recruiting list you're like okay that guy's a top 400 top 500 top guy and getting them to their ceiling Deontay Foreman I think was the second lowest rated guy in the in the 2014 no, class yeah, he was, you guys he was say, a throw in with Armani I was gonna say I'll take that throw <laughs> in Doke Walker award winner every single team and that's the main thing with Texas were so frustrated at the end of the Mac era was the evaluation process really seemed just sort of not evolved with with the times because you had, I mean, two decades spanning and things were much different. And we that's what caused me to start that bust rate stuff and looking at these things yeah. in 07, 08, 09 was the, t- just sort of laying that foundation of mediocrity. So then if you continue to not have anything until like 11, 12 is when you get that Quandre and Jackson as young players. And that was sort yeah. of the last hurrah from Mac. And like, it was a really good try- a chance with yeah, the new Jordan staff and, and you started that, yeah. to see a little revitalization but you didn't win and then we've just been dealing with no continuity since then so it's finally now you're getting some of those guys that were the diamonds in the rough that you actually are able to evaluate and see something in or you come in and develop them and now you're starting to see that become like the standard and if you can have that fill your whole 85 roster and don't have these holes or attrition from one coach leaving or from trouble and all these other things that we brought out that a lot of the things that make these guys be on drafted free agents yet they're still the talent because you're Texas and that's what makes you so happy to be a Texas fan because you know Texas is going to get the talent you just have to actually produce some winning on the field with yeah and Rod I want to get back to your point real quick earlier about this program being lopsided the number of NFL guys that produces on defense you realize we've had nine seasons in this current decade nine drafts do you Mm -hmm. know how many offensive guys have been drafted oh this is a good question okay um, how many guys how many guys on offense have been drafted you're one, off. With, huh? You're one off. You're one off. Really? Four. I got okay. I got Swaim. I got Connor Williams. I got Marquise Goodwin. Who am I missing? Deontay Foreman. Deontay. If I got missing. We just said that. We just talked about I'm just him. Too close to him. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That's it. Yeah. But wow. when you start running down the priority free agents, guys yeah. that have stuck around, that guys that yeah. have made a, a, they spent at least one year on a practice squad or, or made more of their career. Oh, yeah. I mean, Chris Warren, who Chris Warren had a, just a weird ending to his senior but year. But a here. physical freak. Right. right. Tyrone <laughs> Swoops position change. Ken mm-hmm. Perkins. He's Stuck with the Bengals for a couple of years yeah, now. Uh, Donald Hawkins was on a few different yeah, teams. Marcus Johnson has a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Jackson Shipley hung around the league. Mm-hmm. Trey Hopkins, I believe, still on the uh, on yeah. the roster for yeah. the Bengals. So you start looking at some of these guys that have been again yeah. priority Gilbert free agents. Uh, Quan Cosby he's falls into that category. Uh, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to find David Snow was a guy that hung around the league. Yeah, uh, for a while, James Kirkendall did. Uh, Kyle Ooh. Hicks has a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots. Fozzie Whitaker, uh, I believe, is Fozzie still in the league or transitioning um, yeah, he, he was might still be with transitioning he was last year yeah okay so uh, he might be because he's doing more like uh, and LHM then you stuff get into like Quan Cosby yeah Quan stuck around the league for a few years after not getting drafted so yeah I mean it's like it, to back to your point Malcolm Brown's a guy I didn't yeah. mention on there but it's like all this talent on offense it's not getting developed in Texas the NFL yeah. saying you know what let me take a chance on this guy and then for the Rams I mean think about this with the Rams with Malcolm Brown as good as uh, Todd Gurley and CJ Anderson was Malcolm Brown signs an offer sheet with the Lions the mm-hmm. Rams think enough of him even oh, yeah. Rod, you know their salary cap numbers aren't great. Oh, yeah. There's they, a room they have. a lot of money to running back. Yeah, in a league where you're not supposed to. They matched. <laughs> they matched the Lions offer to Malcolm Brown and brought yeah. him back on they a pretty did. nice deal. No doubt. I think because they've realized, man, if Todd Gurley is not going to work out, he's going to get hurt again this year. We'd rather have Malcolm Brown than even what was it? CJ Anderson. Yeah. Well, and then had, I had, mean, they've hit on all their draft picks that have been able to go and spend a superfluous yeah. amount of money, and now with Sue not coming back, it, you have a lot of cap space. Had Malcolm Brown not gotten hurt last? year I was at a I, I ended up so running well. I was at a Christmas party with some mutual friends and ended up running to somebody who's a big Rams fan and he's talking about you know had Malcolm Brown not gotten hurt like I think he's gonna get I think he would make a big playoff run here like the Rams are really gonna miss him and then I was like okay whatever maybe this guy's just talking about because he knows I cover Texas but then you start looking at CJ Anderson you're like man that, that would have been Malcolm Brown that would have been Malcolm Brown well and, and all season been long Malcolm Brown would have been better than CJ and yeah. he was taking snaps away from Gurley all season just because he, they knew that you can't well, just ground yeah. exactly 
him grinding away. But he also was earning them, like, you know, at one point at Gurley's career, and probably learned it early the year before because he dealt with injuries. But whenever you're able to go and get onto the field with a player that is that elite, you know, Malcolm Brown was an afterthought that just sort of grounded out and earned his way there. No, basically all that comes down to is the offensive identity crisis that Texas has. It has hindered those guys' ability to maximize their, their draft value and to raise their draft value. So they don't, they don't get like Marquise Goodwin is a prime example. I always say Marquise Goodwin was, should have been a first round type talent. <laughs> like he he was a fi- he was a physical freak and went to the combine around with like a four two or something like yeah. that. And where would he go? The second or the third round? Second third, the third round. Third. Man, that, that guy should have been a Belitnikov Award finalist. At and least. now he's with your boy Shannon on a really big part of what they're doing. Oh, yeah, because huge we, numbers. But my point was Texas couldn't they they couldn't weaponize him well enough. The and, ball wasn't on the right hash mark, right? Exactly. So <laughs> when you have the offensive identity crisis, I think it, that's what you have that sliding scale uh, of development mm-hmm. or lack thereof. And I think all those guys on offense, they're the ones who had to pay the price for it. But you see, there's there's been talent here at Texas. It, the talent pool didn't it, it didn't stop. It didn't it didn't decrease. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. de- depleted. It wasn't you know diminished. No, we stopped developing the talent that was coming, and we didn't have that's the force. what happened. Yes, and, and it, that, now the numbers all say that. So if you're saying like, oh, Texas just wasn't recruiting talent, well then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Well, yeah. and Texas, Texas didn't understand in football. Tons of talent. And at the <laughs> time, wasn't it, developing Mac. I'm so I loved Mac back then, but I I wanted him in my wedding, but not the coach of my football team. Not mm-hmm. right now, and because still, and I and I wouldn't say that now because now Mac has learned. Now go look at Mac savvy yeah. now. Mac admitted like you know I learned a lot when I was sitting back on the sidelines interviewing people, and now he's a much savvier coach. I think now he's he's taking more chances. He's more innovative, and and now I think more creative on offense. All that stuff. Have I, have I shared this? Have I shared? This? I don't know. I'm going to cut no, you off, Rob, but this is backs up your point about Mac, and I don't want to turn this into a Mac Brown podcast, but um, I, I think it was Mac's second year out. I saw him at the Alamo Bowl, hmm. uh, the Oregon TCU Alamo Bowl. Yeah, and it was just kind of a brief. We just kind of caught up for two seconds, uh, and he was working the game. Yeah, I think he was doing ESPN Radio, maybe. Okay. Uh, and John and Danny was there because John does yeah, work yeah. with ESPN Radio, and we start talking about Mac. He's like, Jeff, I'm telling you, he's like, I don't think he's done because I see him going around and talking to these coaches, mm-hmm. and he's making notes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he's putting a staff together. He's really trying to figure out kind of where this thing is going, yep. what he did wrong. He's like, I'm not going to be shocked at all yeah. if in a year or two Mac Brown's back coach. He, he needed that. Yeah, he, he needed, that. like, literally, yeah. look at that tipping point of he whenever, needed. like, because you bringing up Marquise Goodwin made me think of that 09, his freshman year, when he had a good quarterback with Colt McCoy, but just the vision of Texas football at that point and the decision that really severed the end of that era, and it was just not going where you've football seen football going. going. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I mean, because literally, it blows my mind. Mind that Garrett Gilbert's backing up ba- Baker Mayfield now in Cleveland, and like you had Marquise Goodwin in. I mean, all you had to do, you look at Garrett Gilbert. If he just would have had Kingsbury in that Tech offense in that Texas, and you could probably could have streamlined the production and had a championship offense. System. No, exactly. That's my head. point. He so, wouldn't. Have, he and wouldn't with you would have had Marquise Goodwin and all this talent there, and we had it, and it was in our own backyard. But oh, old man. football minds did not understand what they were seeing, and yeah. it's nothing against anybody or learn behavior you know what you know and during that decade something had spawned that revolutionized football and it spawned in our own backyard and you had the best it high is. school program to ever have it in it my, my, a decade later was, you have Baker. was doing it at tech and we were laughing at him yeah everybody was scoffing at him oh, they yeah. thought it was gimmick, gimmick. football well, no that's a good old boy it network and they did it spread it literally dude it's like religion it and, and it, they did not want to let the new thoughts remember, in yeah. and they were going to banish all the others to hell and they didn't want no, it no mac mac got too impressed watching Nick Saban dominate, dominate them in the kind of an fourth old quarter. Football power, power running game, and he thought, "Hey, Texas can do that because that can, isn't Texas can do that." And that but still whether is they unstoppable. Should do that was a different discussion, and Max exactly. never entertained whether they should, should do it. He just thought, "Oh, we could do it. Yeah, you could, but you should." Yeah, you'd <laughs> and, be and, and reinforcing. Texas, and he, the he leech didn't realize how long it would take the program to try to go in that direction. He assumed you could just pivot course, and you cannot just pivot course, no. man. There was a desert. There's a generation you can't of recruiting classes. Yeah, what type you, of player yeah, you are. Yeah, that you have to change and he didn't realize that and now we got Max, Cody Johnson. That was a fatal flaw. It was almost, I don't know if it was arrogance. I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was. Like, well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, well, hold on. Hold the on, revolution of I, the spread, well, like on. he's been coaching college and he's seen a few things there but to understand no, the future vision, so hold on, hold on, it's hard I, to do that. No, it was a fork in the road for Texas football and we picked the road less travel yes. and it was not the right decision right. and we paid mm-hmm. the price for it for like four or five years. And a decade later, the NFL's playing that style of football. Yeah, and, the, and that's uh, the whole point was Mac then couldn't see the forest for the trees. Exactly, he, he was too was, enveloped exactly. by it. It was he 
couldn't, he didn't have the vision. Now that he's outside of it, on the outside looking in, he's like, oh, oh damn. Man, how did I not see that? that yeah, I should yeah, just, I should just, I should, uh, now he's talking to Cliff Kingsbury. Now he's calling Cliff Kingsbury. Ask Cliff Kingsbury who I should hire. Yeah. Oh, he hired Phil he Longo. He's like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Phil Longo doesn't even run plays. No, yeah, he's an old, old Miss guy, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, so now you got him going full circle, wouldn't acknowledge that Mike Leach was a revolutionary offensive mind in his own backyard, would laugh at everybody, call it gimmicky football. Now, this Mac Brown's calling Cliff Kingsbury saying, hey, who should I hire, man, for my OC? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> at least, hey, that, that, that's that, it. That's, that's evolving. Growth. That's growth yes. by Mac, though. That's why Mac gets North Carolina's going to be successful, because he grew. He's not the same Mac that he was here. No. Yeah, he's bringing Texas out to the East Coast. He's going to run all over those ACC exactly teams. Right. And having Tim Brewster as your you know, recruit coordinator doesn't hurt you. Hell yeah, hell, ask the Aggies. It helps. Yeah. They miss Brew already. I can't, I, when <laughs> I saw that, I was like, that's so awesome. You can say what you want about Tim Brewster, damn it. That dude can recruit. You ain't got to like him. He's kind of like James Harden. You ain't got to like him, uh, but he's effective as hell. Yes. You, you of all people in this room, you, you of all people in this room know better like, than anybody. Hey, but I beat you. You of all people know better than anybody, right? I know. I saw him flip Chris Sims from Tennessee at the time, and that was amazing. The whole country did, was like, what? And he kept saying at the time, he's like, don't worry, we got him, Ralph B. We, Ralph B. We got him, baby. I was like, he, Brew. He's, a, he's committed to Tennessee. He's like, oh, man, that's all a charade. <laughs> that's all a charade, brother. And he, I awesome. know, Tim Brewster, God, I love if that. You need, if you need, look, if you don't want to know anything else about yeah. Tim Brewster's recruiting credentials, if somebody said, why is Tim Brewster such a recruiter, such a great recruiter? He got VY. He got VY. He got VY and Chris Sims, Sims who are arguably the two Sweet biggest and, recruits that. That's yeah. where you can yeah. just stop it and start it right there. Yeah, VY. Done. And he End got yeah, Chris Sims. I'm with you. I think he I think he is the best recruiter in the country. I'm, uh, and I still believe it. All right, time for another break, but there is plenty of Texas football talk on the other side, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Well, I guess that's as good a way as any to uh, end it on. I didn't think I was going to get the party shot, but what the hell? Some weeks it just works <laughs> out uh, Works out like that. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You are more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, best damn videographer in the podcast game for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn. 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. You can find this podcast on Megaphone on the drop down menu at horns247.com anywhere you get your podcast apple podcast google play remember leave us a review rate us do all that fun stuff thank you guys so much for your support and thanks to matt you can get our classic interviews all of our archives on the longhorn blitz soundcloud page yep just type in longhorn blitz for the horn family for the horns 24 7 family i am jeff howe thank you so much for downloading and listening and we will catch you again on the next episode you've been listening to longhorn blitz with horns 247.com remember for the latest longhorn news 24 7 visit horns 247.com mother's day is next sunday and pro flowers is offering an amazing special one dozen assorted roses for mom for 19.99 and as a special bonus double the roses and get a premium vase for just 9.99 more go to proflowers.com click on the blue microphone and enter the secret code 6262 with fresh flowers, express delivery, and unique vases and accessories that mom will love, ProFlowers has everything you need to get your Mother's Day shopping done for all the moms you know. Order now from ProFlowers to get amazing savings. Just pick a delivery date and its freshness is guaranteed or your money back. One dozen assorted roses sent fresh from the farms and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days, starting at $19.99. Or double the roses and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Order now because Mother's Day is next Sunday. Sunday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com, click on the microphone in the upper right corner, and enter the secret code 6262. That's proflowers.com, secret code 6262. This is a cow, a cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair, but cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company, or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 1717. That's promo code 1717 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint.